Hello and welcome to Hockey Development Talk. Today I'm in Wakefield with Phil Bootland. Hello, Phil. Hi, Gary. You all right? All good, thank you. Um, so Phil uh, is Wakefield Hockey Club volunteer. Um, he's also uh, worked for England Hockey as a hockey maker and uh, had a few other hockey maker roles over the time. Um, so Phil, just um, give us a little bit more about that background, if you could. So I've been around with... Wakefield Hockey Club for 30 years now. Um, wow. Started, started at the age of 12 and playing. Um, and so I worked through the, the club as such. Um, started coaching um, when I finished in the junior section. Um, had the opportunity to learn off some of the likes of Norman Hughes yeah. uh, and, and learn from that. So I've been coaching the junior section since I was uh, 16. So that's just a couple of years. Just a couple of years yeah. involved with that. <laughs> Done various roles within the club as well. So being captain, uh, being captain at eighteen, wow. um, being a fixture secretary for the best part of seven or eight years, um, incorporating um, with the club merging with um, Bradford Ladies becoming mm. uh, their national league setup. So giving its own challenges of league setups and stuff mm. at certain time periods. Um, I've done social, so I've done quite a, quite a lot in the club. Uh, I'm also um, a VP as well of the club. So, uh, what does that entail? Um, it's just an acknowledgement to say thank you for your efforts. <laughs> really, um, you can only become um, a president of the club if you're already a VP. So, right. So, oh, okay. so, so but it's an it's an acknowledgement to say you know thank you for your efforts. Yeah. Um, I think I think I got the acknowledgement that I helped sort out getting the profile of the club right with with a whole new mm. kit and, and getting that. So we went the first time we'd done kit for the whole club kind of scenario and done that with the likes of Norman when he was when he was running was hockey. So you know we did did quite a lot of stuff from and that. So that was the acknowledgement from that. Thanks. And then England hockey stuff that you've done there. Yeah. So being a, a hockey maker. Since two thousand seven, so two thousand seven. Yeah, two thousand seven. Wow. Um, wow. Started with started started on the on the program where England Hockey decided that they were going to do the the big international events. Uh-huh. Um, so we started with uh, European or the Euro Hockey Championships yeah. in Manchester, the old Bellevue oh, setup wow. for for Commonwealth Games, uh, and then just progressed through from that. So we've done the likes done two Champions Trophies, done two European Championships, uh, World Men's League, um, we've done a Commonwealth Games in Glasgow and we've done a Olympic Games in London, so if, if you said to me... A couple me, of small events there. A couple of small <laughs> events there, yeah, and, and if, you, if someone said to me when you started your volunteering journey that come 12 years down the line you'd done all that you'd, you'd take that of course you would yeah yeah for definite you missed one out though well I thought we would, that's a separate one okay so, so there's a third there's a third a uh, third role yeah do you want to do you want to talk us through that yeah so I had the, um, the the fantastic opportunity to um, sort of like cross the line as such and yeah. instead, instead of being a volunteer and actually um, work with England Hockey on the uh, Vitality um, Hockey Women's World Cup uh, and that started November 2017 so 
uh, my role as hockey maker, ops manager, so my role was to bring on uh, 650 volunteers to make uh, the World Cup happen. So we started in November with a spreadsheet of about 1,500 applicants yeah. uh, and then finished off in uh, July with 650 volunteers in a very pink, black and gold uniform. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what an event. Okay, so there's a, there's a few bits to pick the bones out, if I was honest there, so uh, we'll come back to all of that in a moment, but, you know, just, just looking at that, uh, of what you've done, just amazing when you first started volunteering, junior section and stuff like that, to think that you've gone from there, look at the rise of Wakefield and like, all the stuff that you've done there, volunteering with England Hockey and then running, pretty much running the whole hockey maker system for the uh, Vitality um, Women's World Cup. Just a huge, a huge achievement, really, to be honest. Um, you've also done other kinds of volunteering, because you do umpire, and you didn't mention any part of umpiring in there. Try You're not a tremendous umpire, Phil, yeah, in, in your time. Yeah, I try not to mention that, Gary, especially <laughs> when I've had to umpire you as well. So, yep. um, we, could, yep. we, could, we could talk a full podcast on... on my bad tackling? On, yep. On decision-making yeah. and those kind of things. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's one of those... You know, certainly from a, an umpiring perspective, the game has changed quite a lot. Mm. Um, and, and unfortunately, there are elements of football co- antics coming in, and, yeah. and it's making it tougher and tougher for, for, for mm. umpires. And you know, while we've still got a lot of people who are keen to progress, um, and especially with the new structures coming up for next year, um, sometimes you know, you. you get allocated to a game in Newcastle and you, you drive two hours up there and uh, do a game and it's a rubbish game and you get abuse off the players and then you've got two hours then to drive back down and digest it all and, stuff. and sometimes you just think is it worth it and it, it's sad to, to think that sometimes mm. you know there will be probably colleagues of mine within the north that probably think exactly the same yeah, and, and which is really which is a real shame because yeah. you know it's that that third team Mm. very important team as well as me and David had that chat on podcast number one really it was hugely important that we we have them uh, part of the game just to rectify uh, you never got abuse off me it was just banter between us that's in the nowadays terms yeah no I agree with you on that one I'm not just saying that for the podcast Um, yeah we we had banter both as you when you were playing and also when you were coaching coaching as well so yeah. yeah Near the end of my career, I just got fatter and slower and uh, just struggled with those uh, decisions and you just laughed at me when I couldn't get the ball most of the time. So, thanks. It's all right, pleasure. <laughs> there was one game which I do uh, recall, and sorry for, for the, the, the game in the... the uh, there was the mist and everything else that came with it and, you know, that, that was something from a, a playing point of view, an umpiring point of view, nobody could have ever dealt with that started off bright sunshine <laughs> by half time no one no one could see um, thank you very much it's just been uh, just been interrupted but don't worry we're back we're back uh, so yeah I mean that that from a from a point of view that that's something that any volunteer you know you're coaching or any, uh, you, you know you're supporting your club you just the weather is something you can't you can't really sort of um, help in, in that respect and that was a, that was a tough day for, for every volunteer any umpire or anything like that so yeah no especially with um, I think well, I think that your opponents were from the north east yeah they quite, were yeah, yeah. quite high up you, you, got yeah. to, you got to go to play 
you know, there's no signs of that when we first no. started. However, then it's almost like a, a like a sea sea yeah, fog came to us. Uh, even for Sonny Lincoln, he, yeah, he, yeah, and, it, and it's just making that, and especially the level of, of, of game that we were umpiring as well. You know, the the, the level, the standard of players is really good. Mm. So the the likes of an, an aerial ball going up through, which is yeah. part of that game, from an umpire's perspective, you've got to think about the elements yeah. of safety, and, yeah. and certainly when ball's going up and there's two of your colleagues and you're mic'd up and you say well, you couldn't see could you but the question, yeah the question's like have you seen that no, and when not, it gets not to clear. that so, not so, yeah. so definitely the right decision that was made ok Wakefield then talk, talk us through some of the, the successes that you've, you've had there over the, your years as volunteer you know what, what sort of major things sort of stick out really I think from, from my perspective it's just seen the club grow yeah um, and how's that happened? Like, you, you, every time a club grows, you need more volunteers, and to get more volunteers, how do you, how do you as a club sort of do that? I think it probably stems back from probably when I was when I actually was a junior myself, and the and the, and the club the club was playing just got into national league, mm-hmm. and it was at a time where players didn't really have much um, loyalty as such; they just mm-hmm. wanted to play at the highest standard, so. And the club made a bit of an error, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. The people that were there at the time, you know, we we didn't really go with the faith of the people that had got us into national league. You know, there's lots of lots of, as you would say, um, journeymen hmm. that would that that came to the club and said, "Look, we'll play," but you know, after the year we got we got relegated, and they they decided, well, actually, I can go get a play the same level somewhere else and it needed and, and so that was probably a really good point for us to actually start thinking as a club actually what do we need to do and that's when we really started investing heavily in our our junior programme and said yeah. look we need to get more and more um, people in our first teams yeah. um, who are homegrown mm-hmm. I think that's a better word of it. and so yeah. that's taking the best part of 20 years to, mm. to get it to where it is now um, it's hard isn't it oh. so, and, and having been here recently on a Sunday morning with the junior stuff that goes on it's like it's just a it's just a constant you know for te- uh, 9 o'clock in the morning people arrive and then your volunteers are already here they've set something up 10 o'clock that session finishes or 10.30 they go another bus load basically coming in granted there's no bus but there's parents they're the buses coming in and that's going on it's just constant and you know, to have the amount of volunteers that you have you know the lady that's putting up the uh, gazebo so you can do your drinks your tea your coffee your bacon butties um, you've got others that are coming in setting up pitches delivering the coaches you've got assistant coaches you know just Unbelievable that you can get that many people to help you. You know, there's a good, what, 20, 25 helping out? Just bits and pieces on a Sunday morning. You know, fantastic. So, yeah, top and, work, really. Yeah, that's, that, takes, uh, that takes quite a lot of time uh, to, to make that happen. And a, yeah. lot, a lot of what we've tried to do as a club is encourage parents to be mm-hmm. more involved. Um, you'll probably know it's, it's not just about being a bit... No. You know, Babysitting process, and yeah, yeah. Drop the kid off, go, yeah. go to Sainsbury's, do your shop, come back yeah. an hour and a half time, pick your kids up. Yeah. It's actually been that involved and very much saying to those particular parents, if you want your child to play, you know, we're really lucky in Yorkshire that we've got youth league once a month, mm. which which gives kids a great opportunity. Well, actually, didn't even bring that up, but you even had on that Sunday morning, you had parents come in, um, you had 
coaches come in, they were collecting kit and going off to the youth league. So you had all that going on as well, which was under 14, I think, something like that. And you think, right, so you not only did you have junior training, but you also had the junior competition, so you had even more people yeah. volunteering their time. And we've had to make changes on that one. And you know, a lot of the clubs, you know, the likes of your, your Bren Riddington mm. and those, those kind of clubs mm. uh, have, moved, have literally moved their junior training to, to during the week. Yeah. We're probably one of a handful that yeah, still well, train yeah. on, on, on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Mm. Um, but we've, we've changed the structure of that. So uh, what we class as our performance squads don't train on either a Tuesday night or, yeah. or a Wednesday night now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's a two-prong approach to that. So one is developing those players that are in the performance to, to give them a higher standard, mm-hmm. but from our perspective as well, just as equally, it's giving the opportunity of those players that are not mm-hmm. at that standard to give them the uh, the attention and the coaching that they need to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could... We'd love to get to a stage where actually all the kids are at performance level and we don't have to coach on a yeah. Sunday. You know, we can we, we can yeah. get our Sundays back. Um, but we know we know within sport that that doesn't no, that doesn't happen. But no. being able to give them that kind of more focus and and, mm-hmm. and not feeling under pressure mm-hmm. um, because in, we know with peer groups it's very easily done and we just give them that opportunity to say look. We're going to do a drill that we might do a performance with. However, we're going to break it down into a simpler format so you can understand and get the best out of it. And, okay. and it seems to work. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And then, obviously, to get more people helping, to get more parents helping, how, how have you done that? Just quickly summarise. Was there like a parents' meeting? Was there an evening where you got people in? Or what did you do? I think, I think we've been truly a, a Yorkshire kind of style and, and just said, look, if you want your kids <laughs> to play... You know, and, and train and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And we we can't support it in the, in the function we've got. We need yeah. bodies. Yeah. You know, and just being brutally honest with them, I suppose. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's not asking them to go on the pitch and, and coach because that's mm-hmm. very much an uncomfortable. But it's the, the background stuff. So mm-hmm. whether it's someone making teas and coffees in the yeah, cabin, yeah. someone um, sending emails out and doing the admin to, to get the teams and those mm-hmm. kind of things. So. You know, lots of people just thought, oh, helping us, oh, we've got to go on the pitch, I don't know nothing about hockey. Actually, there's a lot yeah, more exactly. functionality behind it. Loads of roles, isn't there, within yeah, a club that you absolutely. need to, to do that. Okay, that, that's great. So, I, I suppose ultimately the challenge has been that communication to people to try and get them to understand how they can help, not just on a hockey pitch, but also off the pitch. The challenge being that you've needed to communicate that effectively and have people, to, like yourselves, Brian, I assume, David, just going out there and, and chatting to the to the parents and, and having that. Is, is that pretty much how you've overcome it? Absolutely. You, you yeah. know, it's getting that buying off people and just and, and just saying, look, you know, I, I can use that quite, I quite yeah. well because I just literally finished uni training mm-hmm. as, a, as a junior and went into coaching and been mm. here ever since. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can say, you know, I remember when we just used to have one team per age group, mm. you know, Per, per gender, yeah. you know. Now we we might have three or four teams in one age group per gender, you know. It's, 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 but that takes some that takes some money, but yeah, it, it gives an opportunity for no matter what your ability is to mm. to, to go out and yeah. experience catering for everyone there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, let's move on to the the hockey maker stuff. How how did that 
for you, had that even started? So we'll, we'll just break down the, obviously the 2007 to 2017, I suppose, mm-hmm. before you took on the ops role. How did, how did had that even happen? Like what, what, what sort of started that off? Um, I think it, from my perspective, it was, you know, I'd done volunteering at, um, at the club and I just felt, mm-hmm. you know, you saw you advertise about, yeah. you know, being involved in Europe, European hockey championships in, mm-hmm. in the UK. And it's, that was something new to us as a, mm-hmm. um, certainly within England hockey, it was something new. It's that part of this big event. Uh, program that they uh, successfully been on since two thousand seven, but you know, just thought, you know what, I won't mind giving that a whirl. Like. Yeah. Um, and then it's just progressed from there. Really, <laughs> it's just been um, year on year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's a big ask, isn't it? It's a big ask for anybody. You know, me, me personally, last year working at the at the World Cup, meeting a huge amount of volunteers, just chatting to them around the table whilst we're eating the food. Um, it was really interesting how many people had taken time off work, pretty much them all really, and then they took it through holiday. There were some people that retired. There were others that I met that literally do every sport around Lee Valley. So with the athletics, they were doing stuff. They were helping out in the, the velodrome as well. You, know, you, you think about, crikey, you don't, you don't realise just how much we rely on these people to make this event happen. Like, we, we'll go on to the World Cup in a bit, but just to make that happen, the amount of hours, the, the people hours that was needed to make an event like that happen. So, you know, it's, it's massively inspiring to see and it's great that it started 2007. Do you know roughly how many people started volunteering then? Do you know how much? Of... I think about 200 to yeah. 250 on that. And so, uh, quite, a few, quite a few people that have been involved with that were, were already linked with, I, th- I think that's a legacy from... Commonwealth in mm-hmm. Manchester, so okay. they, they had a bit of a, uh, a volunteering group from there. But yep. the, the, the numbers needed for a for an event by that was requiring right. more. And you know, it's you know, you know, I've met I've met people there that I'm now friends for life with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, volunteer with, and it's you know, how could I explain that? It's we don't see each other a lot. No. However, if you sit in a room with them. Start chatting with them within five minutes. It's like you only saw each other last week. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing. And that's probably one of the reasons why you do it mm. is because of the you know togetherness of, of, yeah. of hockey makers. I'm quite lucky. I've seen seen the group grow and grow mm. and grow and grow. Yes. So it's it's awesome, really. Just watching it was just awesome, you know, and see it, you know. For, Champions, I went to the Champions Trophy the year before, was it Champions Trophy? Whatever it was anyway, the year before London and uh, before the World Cup, sorry. And it, you know, again, just the amount of volunteers for that and the different people, different things and just how the events change. So which event sticks out for you the most? Um, as a success for you, for you personally, a success for you, what, what, without your World Cup role, because obviously that's completely different, but what sticks out the most? Uh, there's, so there's a couple ones really for me. Probably... Um, 2015, uh, the Europeans at, mm-hmm. at Lee Valley was something quite spectacular mm-hmm. because of England winning gold. Yeah, yeah. You know that just yeah. You can have a great event and then <laughs> and then the host nation, which you want you want them to yeah, get down. Do. That's yeah. why you're doing it because you yeah. 
be supporting it so you know our our international team can go and play on the biggest stages and if it means you're you're a part of that to make it happen and and that's what it says in the back of the documentary mm. make it happen mm. Mm. then that's what that's what you want to do of course it is um, yeah. yeah so yeah so yeah that one I think as well as that there's, there's also a bit of footage on uh, on YouTube of me doing my probably my Peter K thing of getting <laughs> getting um, <laughs> Getting um, the main half the main stand up that yeah. done to um, Sweet Caroline in the half time of the, the never really looked at you in a Peter K light, but now that you've mentioned it, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, quite quite fun. I didn't realise it had been um, filmed. been filmed until right. it, it went a bit viral. Yeah, it's like, oh God, but it's still on there. But they're, they're the kind of things that we yeah. we get picked up. So that that obviously sticks out in your mind. Any others? Um, I've got yeah. You, you have to say, twenty twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I assumed that that might pop yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And especially to be involved, you know, it was such a, a massive multi-sport yeah. focus. Um, you know, all the eyes of the world on, on, on London, and actually to then be involved in hockey mm. was just amazing. And it's just, you know, so many, so many memories just you know flooded. You know, Super Saturday, and you, you walk into shift, and there's there's, you know, quarter of a million people in the park and those kind of things. And you, I mean, I'm not sure whether we'll ever get to host an Olympic Games again. Uh, if not, th- that for me is, is I, I, I didn't help. I just, I was just a spectator uh, of various sports through the Olympic Games. But just standout moment of my life, just being in there in that Olympic Park and just seeing, hearing things going on, and it was just amazing. Never, I, I can't imagine what people must have felt when they were working there. Uh, it, was, it was really, it was really good because the first week, um, the hockey, the Riverbank Arena was actually mm. the biggest venue mm-hmm. in use until athletics started. Yeah. So, so you knew that first week if there was a raw, yeah. you know, it's coming from the hockey, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is, yeah. uh, in, it was in pretty immense. Size, yeah, in that size of, uh, of a venue, mm. you know, sixteen thousand people in mm. a in a temporary built venue, but you know. <laughs> Unreal, um, uh, absolutely unreal. Um, so, with your hockey maker hat on, not your the ops part, but just your hockey maker. What's been the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome through that? There's going to be things that just don't go to plan. So, what what sort of what sort of thing have you had to sort of deal with? So, um, <laughs> there's quite a few. Um, to be fair, on that one, we've got um, there's lots of stories you can tell, some some funny stuff that you could. Um, deal with on that one um, so one of the ones was actually dealing with um, I'm trying to think now Champions Trophy 20 uh, 2016 and George Pinnon bless him um, was voted goalkeeper of the tournament yep. the men's however the FAH weren't going to let him on the pitch because he had his flip flops on Right. So, right. Well so, done, George. So, he's, so he's, he looked at me and went, what size shoe are you? Right. I'm like, uh, a 10. Well, I'm an 11. Can I buy you? So George Pinner ended up borrowing my trainers to go on and get his, get his award. Um, you know, those <laughs> that must have been a challenge. To not, uh, not necessarily him trying to get your shoes on, but just with the FIH saying, no, he's not going on that pitch. I mean, that's... Um, I can, I can 
kind of get why, but but then I can also understand why everyone's trying to get him on the pitch. So yeah, and there's other, there's other challenges as well. You know, he he, he do do um, long hours, and mm. sometimes, but you know, when it's when it's warm, he, he's, mm. he's, he's, how you motivate yourself. But you know, yeah. when you see when you see like the home team going out and. Quickly go back and start thinking. Yeah. This is the reason why I'm here. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Be, yeah. Amazing. Big challenges to overcome, though, aren't there? So, um, okay, that's cool. Looking at ops role, then this this ops role specifically around the the women's World Cup. Um, talk us through it. Really started off with fifteen hundred applicants, <laughs> kept down to six fifty. Yeah. How did all that work? Um, luckily, I have a. <laughs> a HR background, um, so recruitment and selection is is yeah. probably uh, you know, half the skills from that, and probably mm. one of the reasons why you know I was I was able to do that role. Mm. It's just looking, you know, we had to think as we had to think of how it needed to be different because you know previous events we looked at the Euros in twenty fifteen. Yeah. We needed 300 people. Yeah. Well, we needed twice as many for the yeah. World Cup. So it's like, <laughs> how are we going to do that? We yeah. looked at the pool and it's like, there's about 350 people on the database. We're going to we're going to need new people. So we had to think of how we needed to do it differently. So one of the things we looked at was, was um, interviewing people. Mm-hmm. So uh, so literally we, we started with a, a blank page and said, right, this is how we need to organise it. <laughs> Um, so, and the thing about it as well, we're coming up to, you know, December time, and you're trying to get things planned in and, and get venues sorted. And we built some really good relationships, and we tried to take it around the country as well. Yeah. That was a key. And I, I can um, I can remember vividly that that you started that. So that was like early January, wasn't early it? Early January, yeah. yeah. I think I think, um, for the for the month of January, I didn't have a weekend. At, at home, but you're also lucky that you weren't hit by the weather either. So. No, we were quite, yeah, we were quite lucky on that front. Um, but yeah, we how I wanted to set the, the sessions up because I am a, a volunteer, a hockey maker, you know, we do we do rely on, on people's commitments and their mm. goodwill. So just making them come and have an interview for half an hour, yeah, and they've traveled, you know, from X. Bristol yeah. to, to London, yeah. It's just not feasible. So we, we what we wanted to do was change the concept. So we did a two hour session and the first hour we told them about the World Cup. Yeah. Because we'd not done much about it. So we mm-hmm. what we do, we dangle the carrot and say, Hey Look how great this is gonna look, be. This this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> and then the second hour was doing the interviews and, yeah. and and seeing those seeing those kind of different characters and we were quite lucky that we, we had to... So it wasn't a one-on-one interview then, it was a... Yeah. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, so we had, we had, um, we had some um, hockey makers that we, that uh, have been with us quite a while and mm-hmm. we, we pre, uh, pre-interviewed pre those guys and right. selected them on and, and part of their commitment would be, would be if you know, you're helping us with okay. this one, right. you'll be able to help out in the World Cup. Okay. Uh, so that we did interview... Um, Probably our biggest challenges were was probably uh, London because mm. we knew that percentage wise of people mm. could within an hour an hour and a half could get to London quite easily. Yeah. So yeah. it's trying to find a venue that was suitable, suitable for us, and, mm. and luckily um, we we created a great relationship with uh, with Loughborough Uni London. Mm-hmm. 
We'd already got the links with the... What uh, a venue that is, by the way. It's a super venue. Oh, that's a venue, that is. It's a super venue. And I went and had a look at first. I thought, perfect. And I've got a vision of this. This is how it's going to go. And, you know, we tried to do different things. Mm. Um, You know, if you go on YouTube, you type in hockey makers, there's there's a short promo thing. I think it's about two minutes and it shows... Shows a day, you know, the, mm. we got the cons guys from England hockey to come down and they filmed it and piece a bit of a, a good old fashioned montage together. And, and <laughs> uh, but we, we did things like um, we did a game, yeah, Giants, Wizards, and Elves, which is now legendary, right? Um, but that was an icebreaker and it was getting yeah. people because, yes, you had the regular mm. hockey makers that have been with us for a while, but you had lots and lots of newbies. Yeah. So, trying to get them integrated and say, Look, this is okay. this is a little bit different. So, yeah, that went really well. Um, so, once you'd got them in and you'd done that and you'd sort of whittled down to 650, it is whatever you needed. It was 650, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, you, you've got that. It doesn't just, you don't just suddenly go, Right, we'll see you at the World Cup, I assume. Because that would be a bit of an eye opener for some. So, what happened then? Yeah, well, we, the selection process was was, uh, was a tough process because of, um, you know, out of, I think we saw about about nine hundred people altogether. Wow. But that's not just face to face. So, yeah. uh, once we'd done all the interview, and then we had people who applied from. Uh, from abroad. Oh, yeah, I didn't so, think about that. So we're having, so we're having oh. to do things like um, Skyping, WhatsApp, <laughs> call, whatever we needed to yeah. do to, to get the interviews done. And then from that point, and we asked, we asked the the, volunteer, the 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 applicants to put down their first, second, and third choice, mm-hmm. and then we had to de- decide and who would fit into that. And there's certain is that choice of roles that they'd want. Is the kind of areas of where oh, they want to work, yeah. Wow. Um, Never even thought about that, mate. I just assumed that, you know, yeah, they are. And, and the thing about it, when, you, when you're planning it, you, you've got an idea of how many you need in per, mm-hmm. per, per area as well. So you, yeah. you know you're going to need vasses, uh, masses of people in, in spectator services. Yeah. But that's not the most glamorous role in the world. No. Compared to, um, I'd like to be a team liaison officer and spend time with world-class athletes. <laughs> However, Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't yeah. we all? <laughs> However, there's only you know, yeah. how many teams are. Yeah. yeah, how many teams there are of those? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just finding that right balance, and, mm. and and also from our perspective, it's just getting the key personnel yeah. in the right in the right um, areas. Areas. So okay. you know, there That's were some good. tough decisions to make. Yeah. But, yeah. We, but we think we got it. We think we got it right, and then from oh. that. From that, we, we, we settled the, the training days. Yeah. So we, and how many training days did you have? We did three. Yeah. So we did uh, two in London. Yeah. Um, and then we did one at uh, Old Sills. Oh, okay. In Solid yeah. Nice. Okay. So we've done the training. We're now at the event. What was your job throughout the event? Because I barely saw you, and when I did see you, it was a it was a passing visit. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so not saying that you weren't there, because no. that, that probably sounds bad. What we what we decided to do is prior to the actual uh, the first Saturday, what we mm. had is up coming up to so probably the Tuesday the Tuesday Wednesday before. What we had is we had a venue specific training. Mm-hmm. Uh, we held that at, at Loughborough, mm-hmm. Uni London, and the aim was to say, right, you're now here, these are the kind of bits mm-hmm. you've got to think about, 
uh, and my vision was to just to, when we left the building, that was it. Yeah. We were now going. So the last bit of the the whole um, uh, training day was we actually took them from the university. We walked them through the park. We showed them uh, fan zone. We showed them the walkway. We walked them round the back of the venue. We walked them into venue. We gave them things like that. so. Literally. And then the last bit was into the hockey maker lounge, so that was it. Mm. Like you pick your kit up, yeah. now you're ready to go. So, you know, it's the good old cliche that we say about, you know, the journey and, and certainly finishing, yeah. certainly finishing everything by picking your kit up, and you'd had the walk, mm. you'd come from the training venue all the way into the actual venue and see yeah. it firsthand, to then actually pick your kit up and say, right, your journey's complete. Next time we're going to see you is going to be for real. Yeah. And then for you, during the event then, well, we're just trying to make everything work, I assume. Yeah. Well, I had, a, I had, a, so I had a, a team that sat under me as well. Yeah. Um, so they were in charge of the uh, Hockey Maker Lounge. So we, yeah. we have a Hockey Maker Lounge where it's a, it's a rest area yeah. where we, um, you know, people register, people want to get information on what's happening. There were two this time then, wasn't there? Because there, yeah, was the, so there was one in the fan zone area and there was also so one in the main So that was the big state. challenge this time, was yeah. there was two. Yeah. So I had a team of about 13 or 14 yeah. that manned those two. Yeah. And you've got to think about it is, depending on, um, depending on the fixtures, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday, Sundays were long days and you had mm, two shifts coming in, um, you know, because we yeah. had, you know, afternoon and evening games in there uh, and whilst it looks great on the, on the pitch and stuff like that, the, the stuff that's happening behind the scenes is, is quite mm. phenomenal. So it's that support mechanism in there, you know, feeding hockey makers, which is, you know, <laughs> some of the guys, some of the guys that worked in my team that listen to this, they'll just giggle over because yeah. we still have conversations now about pe- you know people's dietary requirements is just I, something I, I will be honest I have never seen so much it was just there, there was just everything any possible dietary requirement there was the, that there is was there and how on earth you guys catered for all that I will not know I will not know I've also seen hockey makers um uh, I, I can't remember the girl's name, but she ate her food. She was still hungry, so she went and ordered a pizza. And I, <laughs> yeah, you know, you just think, okay. But she, to be fair, she had worked madly, you know, a long day, and she said, "I'm hungry, so I'm going to go grab a pizza." So she did. So Absolutely. you know, uh, it was amazing, Absolutely. amazing. You, with a vast amount of people that are involved as well, you're never going to get it completely. You're not. You're not. You're not. Uh, you I had the straight. I will. I will accept this. I had the strangest. I assume it was a chicken curry that I've ever eaten at the Vitality. It was it was stunning, but to look at it and to even eat it, it was lovely. I'm just not entirely sure. I I can only assume it was chicken curry. So you get used to it after four yeah. weeks. It had a salad leaf yeah, in yeah. it, just the yeah, one yeah. though, like a massive lettuce leaf that I was that I mean rice was underneath. Yeah. It was very strange, Phil, but it it. It tickled me after a long shift, if I was honest. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And we did, you know, 
the, th- the ki- you know the, the guys that did the kitchen they did the kitchen mm. for for everybody so it wasn't yeah. just no I can accept that yeah. It, you know, yeah. officials mm. VIP guests all those it's things. a it's a tough job it's, it's a tough humongous. job it's a, so what was the biggest challenge then through that Vitality World Cup for you? What was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome throughout that? Keeping people motivated. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Because we, for some unknown reason, we got blessed with the sunshine. We did, yeah. And yeah. However, it wasn't just... Um, A little bit. Sunshine at Scarborough kind of scenario. <laughs> when it's about 15 degrees, you know, it's talking 30s and... So it's that challenge of keeping everybody motivated. Um, you know, it's, it, probably you know, all the rules are important mm. to us as, as hockey makers. However, there's one particular group that I, I, I do take my hat off to, and I think the world of them, and they're our spectator services. So they're mm. they're our, you know they're the people that mm. that see the spectators first time. So it's trying to keep them motivated. You know they've got a they've got a foam finger, they're cheering, <laughs> whooping. <laughs> Is high five, right, everything doing activations, mm. and they're, they're baking in 30 degree heat, and it's just yeah, especially around the bowl as well. That you know, the, it was it was hot, mate. It was hot. Uh, you know, I remember taking a few pictures and sending them home, and I think my wife thought I was a beetroot at one point, and uh, asked the question of, Have you put sun cream on? Of course, I have, so uh, just didn't look like that at the time. No, no definitely not. And, it, and, and that's the challenge. So, one of the things I, I was doing. Before shifts were starting, I was giving them a um, not a pep talk, but just saying, you know, fantastic feedback today mm. from yesterday. You smashed it, absolutely awesome. Yeah, that's the standard we've now set. We've got to go out and do it all again. Uh, a majority, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. You, you're always going to get the other person. Mm. Um, Day one was tough, wasn't it? Day one, obviously, didn't quite get it right. We can be open about that. Didn't quite get the queuing bit right. But that, within 24 hours, that was changed and everything else like that. So what did you do there then? Obviously, you, at some point, you've obviously had a chat with a few people and gone, right, what do we need to do to get this right? What did you... I think one thing we've always been good at is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about it, we've got to remember our, our hockey makers volunteers. Mm. You know, they're not getting paid for it. No. So somebody that's paid 40 quid for a ticket... Yeah. And queuing, the queue system's not working. They're just seniors. They don't know that you're a volunteer. They just see, oh, you're with the event. Yeah. And I'm going to lash out at you. Yeah. You mean better words. Yeah. So it's just making sure that actually it's not your fault. We mm. identify it. We communicate. We listen. What can we mm. do better? You were up there. What can we do? Yeah. Get ideas. And, and very quick, you know, the team that that, that brought us up, you know, the England hockey team were just absolutely um, fantastic, just an absolute joy to work with because you know we knew how important the World Cup, you know, the it's world massive. the world is looking at you. Simply yeah, yeah. and it was looking at us as well. Simply was. Yeah, no, it's good. It was good. Okay. Um, so look, m- moving on now. Obviously, that role has finished, and you're back to normal day to day life. But what's what's the future hold for for you within that hockey maker world now? So, before before I took the role, and we've got um, there's about twelve um, hockey makers that are what we call event assistants. So, mm-hmm. we're a little bit of the link between hockey makers and England yeah. hockey. So we work alongside um, Nicky Milford, who's um, yeah. event manager at England Hockey, um, who who was um, a 
volunteer before she took up the She role did, role. She, so, yeah, she was. So, yeah. so Nikki fully understands the, the processes and the... Yeah. So when someone has a... Tries to have, you know, a rant to her, yeah. it's just like, well, I know where exactly where you're mm. coming from on that one. I've been there, I've done that, I've got the T-shirts. <laughs> and you um, have got the T-shirts. Oh, yeah, we have got quite a few T-shirts to be, to be exact, of, of varying yeah. colours. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, it's one of those, one of those things, really. So you're definitely going to carry on being a, an event assistant? Yeah, event assistance is, is yeah. really good. It's something we want to um, develop further. It's, you know, it's... it's um, we, you know, certainly domestic events. We've we've done to we've done stuff where, you know, the guys from England hockey there are just making sure the competition mm-hmm. runs. But actually, concerned yep. the volunteers, actually, there's two or three event assistants. They can sort of help the volunteers as well. Mm-hmm. think to excuse me, to think about. Yeah, and we're looking to develop that even further. Okay, so someone on the outside now listens, thinks, Do you know what? I've not not thought about being a a hockey maker. What? Still opportunities to be a hockey maker? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We've, probably, we've probably got more hockey makers than we ever have done, mm-hmm. which, is, which is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So what do they do? Just go online or...? So they can go to um, www.hockeymakers.co.uk okay. and you can, you can register on there and then uh, what happens when opportunities arise, so events mm. that are happening... Uh, certainly this time of year we've, we've got domestic events coming we up. have yeah um, some here as well some at Wakefield yeah, yes. yeah. Um, yeah which is great great to see yeah um, oh. but yeah you know, lots of stuff happening with uh, down at Lee Valley with mm-hmm. the events they're always good mm-hmm. always good uh, weekends you know the, we've just had the schools mm-hmm. finals down at Lee Valley a couple of weeks ago so he, he's getting to final season as I would yeah. say and playoffs yeah. league playoffs and those kind of things Okay. But on the back of that, then we've got we've got April, we've got pro league starting. So only a small, only a small thing, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. We're not going to worry about that too much. No. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's a different challenge, isn't it? Because unlike the World Cup, where everything was just in place for a two week period, pro league is a, a game here, a game there, two games back to back, a weekend, an evening. Um, so you're up and down with uh, what's happening. Then we've got the stoop. That's Stoop. going to be new, isn't it? I'm looking forward to it, but there's also some apprehension around it. But having visited the venue recently, had a team meeting there, um, understanding from them what it's going to look like and what they're going to trial and how it's going to sort of look, I, I can't wait for it. But I, I just hope everything works. You know, everything works because if it does, it's going to be revolutionary, really. If, from a facilities point of view. Absolutely. I think yeah. that's that's the way it's a game changer. Yeah, think, <laughs> yeah literally, and think, yeah. And I think yeah. as well as, you know, you know, the governing body are really like watching over this and just thinking, mm. oh, this is... I think everybody is. You know, the whole world really are looking like, are you doing what? How are you going to do that? So, I mean, that for me is, is definitely going to to sort of let's see what happens. But obviously, yeah, the Pro League starts April till June. Yeah, April twenty seventh, so, first one. Yeah, so Somebody. you you were all of those, right? No, no, no. you can't do them all. You'd love to do them all. Not with having uh, a job. Twenty eighteen, we've got. But I'll be I'll be at, I'll be at some of those. Okay, uh, we're, we're trying to uh, equal out the yeah. uh, the event assistance. Uh, 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 right. But yeah, you know, there's, there's some of the games are already 
sold out. So they people, are. Yeah. people like Aust the Australian game, that's mm -hmm. men's and women's, that's on the same day, that's sold out as well. So it, it, yeah. it's great. It is great. It is great. So look, I think from, from my point of view, it's just a huge thanks for, for what you, the other the hockey makers do. And it's, it's amazing to see how an event can happen. The, the Hockey World Cup, being an employee and, and being part of that will be a huge long-lasting memory for me you know London 2012 just as a spectator amazing but to be part of that through that World Cup process and I was very small in what I was doing you know just there to help with regards to clubs that were coming in come and say hello come and do whatever else but just seeing how the whole event ran going into the stadium seeing that huge <laughs> bank of people and I remember watching an England game I can't even remember who it was against to be honest it may have been the Ireland game actually and it was just full just watching that just thought and then you're seeing all these people that are still at work still at work just because the game's on doesn't mean that they're all sitting and watching the game they're generally not they are absolutely working the backsides off until everybody's left everything's tidied up they then go to bed and then they're up early on it back in the stadium four or five hours before they're out unbelievable amount of manpower person power sorry uh, in that time so it's a huge thanks from me for what you did for what you and the other team continues to do because we definitely come put these on events without you and we did and, and one of the things we do we do say if, and it's something I've said for a long long time if you you come to volunteer and you come to watch hockey then you're not doing it for the right reason. No. You're no. there, you're there yeah. to, to make it, as it says in the back of the shirt, yeah. to make it happen. I mean, I was lucky that through my role at the World Cup, I could watch some games. Yeah. Not every game, but I was able to watch because obviously most people came to talk to us prior to or after a game. So um, that, that was fine. But uh, yeah, just thank you. So look, fascinating talking to you again. You know, all of the chats that I chat to different people around just really interests me. But um, you know, we'll definitely do another podcast more in depth around Wakefield for definite. We'll get a few people in there and talk about the growth, the challenges that we've had. But you know, your journey from being a club volunteer into hockey making to the ops manager for the for the World Cup just unbelievable. So thank you. No problem. Thank you.